the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Draw your attention to the second reading today from St. Paul's letter to the, to the Romans. That's a... You can say this about almost every chapter in the book of Romans. This is a very famous section, but it is a very, very famous section. St. Paul says, um, he says, uh, the things I want to do, I don't do. Things I don't want to do, I do. Um, I know the law is good. I want to be righteous. I want to fulfill the law. But when I try to be good, I find that there's a power in me that's at war with me and that I can't be as good as I want to be. And I'm defeated over and over again. And who will deliver me from this? He calls it the body of death, this, this, this way of living, the body, the body of death. St. Paul throughout his letters has been contra- contrasting two ways of living. Uh, life according to the flesh, which means uh, not that the body is bad, but the whole human person in rebellion against God. Life according to the spirit, which is the whole human person oriented towards God and receiving the grace, mercy, forgiveness, new life that has been brought to us at great cost in Jesus Christ the Lord that is breathed into us each week by the Holy Spirit. He talks about um, um, the old Adam and the, and, and the new Adam. And here he's talking about it again. He's talking about this, this, uh, this, this struggle that we're amphibians to some degree, that we live in these two worlds. The Christian lives in these two worlds. We live uh, with the old Adam, but the new Adam... The new Adam has been born in us in our baptism, but that's the beginning of the Christian life. It's not the substitute for it. So there's a struggle that's going on uh, in, our, in our hearts. One of the ways that theologians talk about this passage, they talk about three uses of the law. Law, Torah, is the word. In Hebrew, it means simply the way, the way of life. They were slaves. They were rescued. God gave them a new and a righteous way of life. A, a life uh, that was perfectly ordered towards God. Hearts on fire with love for God. Hearts on fire with love for each other. Live this way. Live this way and never be slaves again. It's the way of freedom. It's the way of, of life. And uh, uh, life without the law is, is, is the way of death. But here's the problem that they had, and we have it too, which is that we know what is right, but we can't be as good as we want to be. So they talk about three uses of the law. So the first one is just the law tells us what is good. The Ten Commandments, you'll find something like the Ten Commandments in all the cultures of the world. There's, there's some kind of prohibition against lying, stealing, cheating. There's something like do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Uh, the, the great religions diverge dramatically when it comes to the path for salvation. But they converge when it comes to morality. There's a recognition of the human heart of a basic moral law. And if we are honest, there's a recognition that we can't, in our own strength, be the good people that we want to be. All that the law can do is restrain evil. It can never make people good. I, can, I grew up in the South with legal segregation. I remember as a little boy seeing signs that said whites only. Those laws were overturned. Better laws were put in its place. Those laws restrained evil. But those laws can't make someone love his brother from his heart. And the vision of the Bible, the call of the Bible to holiness, is not just simply that we would have a conformity to 
the Ten Commandments and the righteous uh, law of God, but that we would, we would love God completely and perfectly with our heart and love each other completely and perfectly with our heart. We can't do that. We're frail human beings. So the first purpose of the law is it shows us what is good. And then the second purpose, St. Paul talks about it in this way. He says, it's like the, the household slave that took the children to the schoolmaster. The slave makes sure that they, that they get to the schoolmaster and learn the lesson. And if we're serious about living a righteous life, if we're serious about living a good life, if we're serious about loving God with all our heart and loving each other with all our heart, we will find out that the law teaches us that we can't do it and that we need this lesson. The lesson is that we need a Savior. And so St. Paul says, who will deliver me from this dilemma that I can't be as good as I want to be? Well, thanks be to God for Jesus Christ. At the price of the cross and the power of the resurrection and by the gift of the Holy Spirit, he... He he gives us his grace, his mercy, his forgiveness, uh, his assistance. Uh, The Holy Spirit poured into our hearts by this great sacrifice. And not in our own strength, but in and through him, we can grow. We'll never be perfect. We'll always have this struggle. But we can definitely grow, right? We'll definitely grow in holiness and righteousness. There's a story about an, uh, an Anglican priest one time. He was listening to a Greek Orthodox priest talk about the church, and at the end of his talk, the the Anglican priest said, Father, you don't think that we're a real church, do you? And the Orthodox priest stroked his beard and fingered his icon around his neck, and he said, this church of yours, does it create saints? Does it create saints as a real church? Thomas Merton is, is quoted often as saying, great sadness is not to have been a saint. We're meant for a life of perfect love for God and perfect love for each other. We can't attain that life on our own effort. We have to have the infusion of the Holy Spirit. We have to have the grace of God. That's why we come here week by week. Um, When I was first ordained, people used to say to me, well, religion's a crutch, and I used to try to argue that it wasn't. Now, I was wrong. It is a crutch. Uh, We are limping, and we need something to help us. And Christ has come that we might have life, a new life with God and each other that begins now in which the grave cannot hold and that we might actually grow in holiness, in love, in patience, in charity, forbearance, in goodness, in kindness, in mercy. So the first use of the law is that it teaches us what's right and wrong. The second use is that it teaches us that we need a Savior. And then the third use is this, that perceiving our need and turning to Christ and repenting of our sins and examining our lives and seeing where we're falling short, we ask for forgiveness and we ask for assistance. And then the law is a guide to us to grow in holiness and righteousness. I think it is a characteristic of the Christian life that the sense of sin grows the closer you get to the Lord. If you arrange all the letters of St. Paul in a chronological order, his sense of himself as a sinner is stronger at the end of his life than it is at the beginning of his life. I think uh, as we get more grace 
we perceive how much more grace we need. Uh, but we're not stuck in this struggle. We're not without hope. Uh, there is, a, there is a, um, an advocate, the Holy Spirit. Uh, Christ is breathing his life, his life of perfect love for God and perfect love for his brothers and sisters. He's breathing that life into us as we go in the scriptures, as we receive the sacraments, as we walk in those good works that he's prepared for us to walk in. And especially each and every week as we gather here together, this new life is put in our hands. And we, again, renew our turn away from the old life and our eager embrace and grasp of the new life, which is ours, in Jesus Christ, our Lord. In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.